welcome to the Geek Night in episode 57. I'm your very tired host, Laura, and I'm here this week with Tilly. Hello. And Jana. Hello. Right. I'm going to warn everyone up front. Me and Tilly are very tired uh, this this recording because this is this is on a Sunday night and we moved house on Saturday morning. So over the last couple of days, we have been moving and tidying and moving and tidying and running around and so much exercise and lifting and we are very tired people. So we have very little to talk about this week because we have just been moving. So we're going to talk some things about moving stuff. Going to talk a little bit about some anime and some Naruto. And then the rest of it's all going to be up to Gemma and what she wants to talk about. Because Gemma's probably done more with her week than us. And she's probably more awake and energized. So uh, do you want to start us off on something, Gemma? Do you want to pick a topic to start with? Well, it's not really a topic, but I I, I was going to mention, actually, uh, I've I've spoken of the uh, Ludo Sport lightsaber clan that I'm a part of before. They were actually at Sci-Fi Messan, which is a big uh, sci-fi convention here in Stockholm. And it, mm. it was today and yesterday. Um, they did, like, uh, trial training sessions. They kind of do that with cons sometimes. And we actually had a member of the cast from Supernatural come along to that. <gasps> Which one? Uh, Osric Chow. Oh, my God. We could have gone. We could have seen Gemma and the man from the Supernaturals. Oh, my well, God. Re- regrettably, I couldn't. Oh, wow. Okay. Apparently, he really, like... He, he turned up and because the, the usual adult training session, we teach some basic moves. But with him, it's like, OK, now we'll, we'll teach you Makashi. We'll teach you the cool stuff. Yeah. And apparently he really went for it. I say apparently because I didn't get to go. <laughs> oh, why didn't you get to go? You oh, could have had... touched him and then I could have touched you. <laughs> That's not <laughs> creepy in the least. <laughs> That's fine. He'll never hear this. Yeah, I doubt he's a listener. It's fine. Um, unless all of our listeners tweet him being like, you should listen to this podcast in which we, you get mentioned and it'll be great. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, That's... well, there's a link anyway, given that he's now done Ludo Sport lightsaber combat. Yeah, no, we have a reason to bring him up and it's not weird or creepy or anything. <laughs> it means I can talk about Supernatural more. Uh... I, I still haven't seen any of it. So I I don't know which side of the Geek 19 podcast I sit on. Don't bother. I wish I hadn't. (laughs) It's it's one of those things that you hate the fact you like it. It's good up until about season five. And then it goes rapidly downhill. But by then I was uh, invested and it's too late for me. I watched enough of that show that I could talk about it on a panel, which was exciting and terrifying. Yeah. Well done you. I feel like that's like, okay, that's enough. I don't need to watch anymore, probably. (laughs) So, yeah. It's one of those things as well where, like, the, the fact that you mentioned it is okay up until season five. Season f- five seasons of what, 20 odd episodes? Like, that's, that's I think more of, good episodes than you get out of a lot of shows. But that's a really a lot to commit to. I think I mentioned a good few mm. episodes back. This is the reason why I haven't gotten into Breaking Bad. It's because as mm. soon as I hear about these things, I realize, oh, yeah, it's like four seasons of it now. That's like. What have we got a hundred episodes? Oh, you you think that's bad? We we are uh, we are about to go down a rabbit hole that's going to take up all of our time. We decided we're going to start watching the anime of Naruto from the beginning because uh, yeah, are there as many as there are manga. 
Um, I think there's pretty, more manga. Oh, well, no, there's more anime because there's a bunch of filler arcs. Oh, yeah. Um, because they oh, kept the like. the curry of life. Oh, oh my no, God. not the curry of life. So, Naruto has life. like a bunch of like stories that are completely nonsensical and do not advance the plot that exist only in the anime because they were like filling time until like the next manga bits were done. So, yeah, there's a lot of the anime and a lot of it is not important in the slightest. Do you want to talk about the curry of life? Actually, we should probably give a bit of an overview for anyone who doesn't know Naruto, which you've probably at least had some passing knowledge of it if you're listening to this kind of podcast. Naruto is an anime from the early 2000s about a young boy who wants to be the the, the head of the ninja clan because he's a ninja and he wants to be the best ninja. But he's got a, he's got a god of a fox in him and that's dangerous and no one wants to be his friend. But he's gonna go through plucky hijinks and everything will be okay. Is that and a- he's gonna go marry his boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, no, that's we'll get into that. But yeah, it's it's a really it's a it's a show that both me and Tilly were into when it started. I was completely obsessed with it. Yes, like <laughs> I was just oh my goodness! I thought I was a ninja. And Did like, you do the run with your arms behind your back because you'd go faster than ninja run? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. such an anime thing in general. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. If I run hunched over with my arms flying back, I'll go faster because that's how Naruto does it. <laughs> I like, I taught myself all the hand seals. Oh, I used to know and, them. Um, I used to know the ones for the fire breathing and for the Chidori. Yep. For cosplay um, purposes and no other reason. Um. Oh man, yeah, I was just nuts. Yeah, so this is a show that like we both got really into um, probably about six or seven years ago now was the last time we were both like properly into it, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, time flies. Um, But the the show is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes long. I think there's like five or six hundred episodes. And we want to go back to it because the the manga's now finished like the story as it is has a conclusion and there is an end point and we kind of want to go back and revisit the stuff that we were really excited about when we were younger but also for me that's a really good entry point into i want to go back and read the manga up to the point where i dropped off and lost interest because it was very slow going trying to follow it week by week when it went on for so many years it was like a decade and a half or so it's it's for me going to be a nice point to be like okay I'll watch the manga up to a point uh, the the anime up to a point and then jump back into the manga just so that I can know how this thing ended because I fell off at some point like I, if anyone knows Naruto I got as far as the Great Ninja War and that went on for a long time like there was at least a year of weekly manga chapters that were all dedicated to this big huge battle and somewhere throughout the Great Ninja War I was just like that's uh, I knew who the main villain was and I was waiting for them to get around to the fights I was interested in and I just kind of gave up at one point and I want to get back into it because I want to know how it finishes. But uh, the now mediocre that ninja war. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that we've got that preamble out of the way, Tilly, do you want to talk about the uh, the filler episode that is the curry of life? Basically, there's a character called Rock Lee. I don't know, have you seen it, Gemma? No, I've only read one issue of the manga, I think. There's a character called Rock Lee who I was, like, totally in love with yeah, when he's, I was about 13. Basically, all the ninjas have magic powers, but this guy doesn't. He's the only ninja without, like, magic ninja powers. Yeah. But he just trains so hard that he's still as good a fighter as them. 
Yeah. Anyway, um, so they go on this mission to protect this kid. I think he's called Ranmaru. Uh, I can't remember what significance he has, but they have to protect him anyway. And they stop off at this curry shop that Rock Lee is like, oh my god, she does the best curry ever. And they have this curry, and he's the only one who likes it. It's terrible. Everyone else hates it. Um, and he is also a master of a fighting style called Drunken Fist, which is when oh. you get yeah when you get drunk and you like you become better at fighting. Basically, he's more relaxed, and his style becomes very fluid and unpredictable. So there are like there are ninjas who are very good at like perception based abilities that can like see attacks coming, but they mm. can't see his drunken ninja style attacks coming because. They, he does weird, unpredictable things because he's a drunk ninja. Yeah. I think that's actually a thing because I've heard that reference in other uh, martial yeah, arts kind of things as well. It's kind of played up for this show, but it's basically like, oh no, how will anyone defeat this guy who has eyes that can see every move before it lands? Oh, get drunk. That's the answer. Because <laughs> you can't predict a drunk. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then uh, events transpire. And um, Rock Lee gets knocked out, so they bring him some curry to, like, revive him. Um, But they accidentally knock a bottle of wine into it. So he gets drunk, and he wins the day because he's been drinking. And it's, like, it's so pointless, but it's amazing. (laughs) The curry of life is just... I do like it when episodes do end up feeling pointless, but they're somehow well done. Yeah, like, I never felt like, when I was watching the Naruto filler stuff... I never felt like I was wasting time watching it. Like, I I really loved all the filler episodes of Naruto. Mm. Like, I really enjoyed it. I think that's actually one of the strengths of Cowboy Bebop, given that it is effectively, like, 80% filler, but the filler is really good. Well, might yeah. be a controversial opinion. I, but... I kind of agree with you. Like, Cowboy Bebop is the one example where, like, the filler is what the show's about. Like it's it's about the journey, not the destination. Whereas mm. Naruto, in many ways, feels like there is a very visible destination pointed in front of you, and it's frustrating that we're not moving toward it. At yeah. least in at least in the the latter older arc, Shippuden. But um, yeah, and then basically we basically spent a night uh, talking about AMVs, which for anyone who doesn't know is anime music videos. Because we were both angsty teens who used to watch, like, here's uh, an emotional fight scene between two characters who are friends in Naruto, overlaid with a song by Linkin Park and <laughs> feelings. Uh, what was the one you were watching? It was Rock Lee and How to Save a Life. No, it was um, Fix You by Coldplay. Oh, Fix You by Coldplay and um, oh, some no. footage of Rock Lee. It was, we had a very geeky night just watching old angsty AMVs and it was great. So yeah, that that's us and Naruto. Gemma, do you have another topic you'd like to talk about? Well, I ended up spending a night um, watching a load of back-to-back YouTube videos, but it wasn't angsty anime. Um, bizarrely, my week has been like surprisingly military-themed for reasons I don't fully understand. But uh, in one of those YouTube recommends uh, things, like you log into YouTube and it gives you a bunch of recommended videos, they are starting to get really good. Half of them are to do with things like Crossrail and other rail infrastructure programs. But uh, we ended up with one that was simply entitled uh, something along the lines of what a platoon actually is. And it's one of many videos done by uh, a guy who goes by Lindy Beige. 
Um, it's Lindy as in Lindy Hop, the dance, and then beige, the colour. Um, who is a fantastically witty and erudite person who does... He describes his channel as being quite eclectic. Um, but most of it is on like archaeological or historical and military themes uh, with occasional bits of swing dancing thrown in. Um, so that felt nice and like properly eclectic. So this video uh, in particular was demonstrating uh, what a platoon actually is in terms of an army and kind of where films get it wrong a lot of the time. Um, for example, I didn't know that a platoon is at most like 30 people um, and it's all divided into like five or six officers kind of overseeing things and then three teams, or as the Americans put it, squads, um, actually going out and doing the firing but also covering each other and things like that as opposed to the kinds of films that he actually does a whole playlist criticising films like this where some officer says charge and every, all the soldiers just run wildly with guns and get mowed down because that's precisely what would happen. They would get mowed down. <laughs> um, so I wanted to lob in a recommendation for that but also particularly he, he does a series of travel videos uh, one of which was Malta. And he actually provides a six-minute summary of the entire military history of Malta, um, including some of the stuff which Tilly mentioned a few episodes back. So, yeah, it's, it's all quite good fun. Yeah, it sounds it. Hooray! Yeah, right. yeah I, mean, I, oh. I don't have anything to ask on that. It's like, oh, that's interesting <laughs> and nice, yay. <laughs> it's also brilliant because he's, uh, he's properly... He has that English sort of wit. So it's very much like uh, Malta was occupied by Napoleon Bonaparte, Admiral and Git. That sort of thing. Plus, Malta's got such an interesting history. I've already talked about it, but yeah. Um, a history of Malta in six minutes. I'm going to look that up. He does it whilst spinning as well. Ooh! <laughs> Wait, uh, spinning as in like the cycling thing where you cycle on the spot or spinning as in he just spins around in circles while telling you these facts? He spins around in circles, but with this really panoramic view of Malta in the background. <laughs> I'm just imagining him like in the corner of a room just spinning for no reason, <laughs> being like, Malta, oh, Malta, Malta. <laughs> That's how it's going in my head. So I'll, I'll put a link to that video in the show notes then on uh, thegeeknightin.tumblr.com. That would be good. Yeah. Yay. Uh, Tilly, do you have any... Do you want to talk about your bookshelf hmm. in the new flat? Because we've just moved. And the first thing you did was you rearranged all your books. Cause you I am were very so excited. into this. <laughs> you were so excited about book organising. So tell us about you and books. Well, first of all, I separated them out into series. And then I separated, and then I, I like shelved them by, uh, in alphabetical order by author's last names. So, mm. like, A was at the bottom, going up to Z at the top, and uh, it was great. It took like two hours, and but my bookshelf looks absolutely beautiful. Um, the only place where I, um, I messed that up was. I don't like the books that are odd sizes. So all yeah. the books that are too big or too small, I just took them out. <laughs> I've had that problem, but I can totally relate because my, although I've only got one or two shelves of books at the moment, because most of mine are still back in Britain, they are sorted by exactly the same system. 
So I still get this thing where I've got like the lives of Loch Lamora, Red Seas Under Red Skies, and the Republic of Thieves all under Scott Lynch. But the book next to them is like twice the size and it just offends me on some level. Yeah, you did a very good job of organising your books very neatly until you ran out of shelf space. You filled up an entire bookshelf by yourself on day one in our new flat. Yeah, I had, I had to had overflow to... into the living room. Yeah, I had to overspill some. And we've got a spare bookshelf um, that the previous people left behind that I'm really excited about because now I, I have an extra bookshelf. I don't have to limit my book buying. I can do what I want. <laughs> Yay! I'm also very excited because I now have an office, which we're not using for this recording. We're having to record from the pub flat because we have no internet yet in the new place for like another week or so. But yeah, I have an office and I started filling all my nerd crap up in this office. So it's like (laughs) next to me here is the shelf with all of my like art books from video games, all my DVDs. And here's all the all the all the nerdic stuff I've accumulated and it's so nice to have all my nerd things in a place. So yeah, woo. Um Gemma, do you have anything else you'd like to talk about this week? Well, have you seen the Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice <gasps> trailer? Yes, I have. What the hell? <laughs> okay, here is my very short thoughts on it. Um I can understand people's complaints. There are major problems with that trailer. Still, it got me excited about seeing that film. Uh, I like the casting of their villain. I'm not going to say too much in case people are trying to go spoiler free. I feel like it showed way too much of that film in that I feel like I know the entire like plot by plot of how that film plays out already. Um, like, it feels weird in its pacing and tone and stuff, this trailer. like It feels in, like... This is not how you should do a good trailer, but I mm. am excited for that film. What about you, Gemma? Well, I I ended up hearing it it was released because some people have described it as the trailer for a romantic comedy or something. And I can kind of see why, because like you say, it's kind of in the pacing and the way Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne have been thrown together just seems very... I think part of this is also because I'm I'm used to seeing Christian Bale as Batman. I adore the ba- the Dark Knight trilogy, but I can't quite see ban- Ben Affleck doing it the same way, and it's kind of strange in that regard. Well, um, I, my my the thing that I kind of liked about this trailer is I liked the interactions between Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne. Like I liked seeing this, like the little glimpses we've got of here is two humans who clearly know what's going on with each other. They both clearly know who the other is. But they're like, no, this is this is the pleasantries we must endure because this is what we do as humans. Now let's go have a big mega fight where we do all the stuff and everything blows up. Well, correction, Clark Kent isn't human. Well, Clark, human Kent, in inverted okay, commas. Clark Kent is not human, but Clark Kent, the human being who works at the Daily Planet, to for all intents and purposes, is Clark Kent the human being. Like, I'm... When I say Clark Kent, I mean Clark Kent, the human being that people perceive to exist rather than, say, Kal-El the alien. Yeah. Is that a fair distinction to make? You have yes. Kal-El the alien and Clark Kent, the human man who is very, really human. Much like I would say Octodad is a very real human who is obviously <laughs> real and human. Yeah. Nobody suspects a thing. No, indeed. Actually, yeah, the, the, the counterplay between them, like when... 
because the, the trailer has Bruce Wayne arriving in uh, Metropolis, isn't it? Uh, for some sort of press event. And the, the, they have this conversation between them. It does feel nice. Lex Luthor's interjection doesn't quite feel so solid. and kind of. I, I like the little glimpse of his character we saw. Like I liked his conversation we got with him on a roof. Um, like yeah. he has, he has a yeah. line that I think says a lot about the way his character is being characterized. And I was like, that's creepy and threatening. And that's what it should be. It feels a little bit like it's hearkening to the Joker, actually. It, it is, but is that necessarily a bad thing? Mm, and no. But I think ultimately my problem with this is possibly because I've never gotten on with Superman. And it's a weird thing to have, uh, particularly the dark direction that the Dark Knight trilogy went in, put alongside Superman when, as far as I can tell, having not seen Man of Steel, Superman has always been more of a cartoony hero for me. Mm. And it's hard to put serious against somebody who runs around in red underwear, shooting stuff with his eyeballs. Superman Superman is a weird... um... Yeah, is a weird superhero to to know what to do with because of the fact that he's like basically been given all of the superpowers. He's very difficult to ground in interesting stories. Um, my favorite stories involving Superman are still the ones where he, where his powers aren't the solution to the problem. Um, there are two particular storylines that I think are particularly strong that showcase this, that are both on the topic of suicide. There are two separate comic stories in which Superman basically finds people who are planning to commit suicide by jumping. And basically it's Superman being like, I could fly, I could grab you now and fly you down, but I know that that's not going to solve the problem. I'm not going to force you to come down. I like, in spite of all my powers and the fact that everyone down here is like telling me to just grab you and bring you down. No, I'm not going to do that. I'll sit with you. I'll talk. I'll listen we'll get through this and then I'll bring you down. And I think those are the best stories when like Superman's powers aren't arbitrarily limited, but he realizes that they are not the solution to a problem. Mm. And it's very hard to do that justice in a big, big, in a big budget blockbuster Hollywood movie or in a video game, which is why I'm never hugely up on movies or video games about Superman. I just don't think that they capture what that character can be good with because you know his his use in like movies and video games is he can blow stuff up really good and punch through buildings yeah i I think i'd be intrigued because i I was intrigued about this film like i said given my love of the dark knight trilogy i really wanted to see superman elevated to that batman level i'm just hoping it doesn't drag the thing down because on the subject of solution to problems why does this trailer end with batman holding what appears to be a submachine gun this is not batman well for all we know he is using this to shoot um rocks and automated tanks that are not manned by people and um aliens which are not people so he's not killed any people um or um i don't know the tires on some on some i was gonna say the tires on some shoes the tires on some cars to make them swerve safely to a stop with no one getting injured yeah, all of these like, very contrived things that Batman does sometimes with explosives and guns. 
Yeah, I, I just feel like for the closing shot of a trailer, having the lineup uh, of Superman, Wonder Woman, who doesn't even have a word in this trailer, which is weird as well, mm. um, and Batman holding a gun, I'm just like, what? Yeah, I still feel weird. Every time we get a trailer for this film, I feel like it's really weird that it's called Batman versus Superman. It's like Batman versus Superman, and Wonder Woman's also too here in the end of the <laughs> film, I guess. Yes. Like, it feels really weird that, like, Wonder Woman didn't get, like, is the one of the three that didn't get named Billing, and from what we can tell, it's basically like, oh, the big fight's happening, like, two-thirds of the way through the film, we'll drop her in, she'll help with the fight, and she'll leave. And then we'll get a stinger for the Justice League movie. (laughs) So, her inclusion feels really weird and rushed, like, it was def- I definitely don't think it was an intended part of that plot from day one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I suppose it'll remain to be seen, but I don't think I'll be going to see it at the cinema. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Is that a good place for us to wrap up for this week? I don't know how long. How long have we been going for? About twenty minutes. This has <laughs> been this has been a really short episode. Have we got anything else to talk about, or uh, any more military stuff? I suppose in my. Well, if you want to yeah. talk about some more military stuff, we can talk about more military stuff. I apologise that me and Tilly are both very low on content and energy today. Yeah, I mean, we haven't really had a chance to do anything geeky because we've just been packing. Well, it's like since we and last, unpacking yeah, since we last recorded, we had three days' notice that we were moving. We did all our paperwork and we moved, and then we moved. <laughs> so we've we've had very boring weeks, and now we're basically just like we're here. Tell us about geek stuff, Jamma. We'll talk about Naruto for a minute. Good night. <laughs> that's that's us this week. <laughs> well, I have a recommendation. If you want to see a film in which uh, it's filmed with John Travolta and Christian Slater, in a film where John Travolta basically spends the entire film having uh, very obvious and knowing visual links to a phallic nuclear weapon. Okay, what film is this? <laughs> it's a film called Broken Arrow. And okay. uh, it, it was one that my husband recommended. And it, it is a riot. It's it's uh, actually directed by John Woo. Um, so the action has all those John Woo signatures of like dual wielding pistols and leaping in slow motion and taking out multiple enemies and stuff. And it's uh, its premise is that uh, Slater and Travolta play um, pilots of a stealth aircraft, or bomber, basically, which is carrying nuclear weapons. Um, but Travolta's character defects and is trying to sell these nuclear weapons. But all through all through that, from that point, he's basically like, there are scenes where he's stroking the nuclear weapon and like... As the film goes on, I mean, I won't spoil everything, but it's it's just brilliantly and, like I say, knowingly done. Um, and it's one of these daft action films, which is actually quite funny. Um, so, yeah, that, that was good fun. Yeah, that sounds it. This might have to be something that we try and get a copy of that we can watch offline so that we can... We need stuff to watch this week because we're going to have no internet in our new house. So this maybe should go on the list of things to watch and have a giggle at while we're in the new house until we have internet. Mm. I'm going to um, send Laura a list of things that I think of first thing tomorrow morning. Yeah, like tomorrow I have to make sure we've got copies of all the Star Wars films. Yeah, we're going to binge watch Star oh. Wars before we go see it next week. Yeah, we. I am very excited for this Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars. Yeah. Okay, well, let's not talk about it because I'm being spoiler free. Yeah, I feel like we need to not say anything from like, we're too close to the film. Just we don't say anything until it happens now. 
So Star Wars is very soon. That is all. Oh, and Star Trek is pretty soon too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you... the new Star Trek film is coming out. I didn't realise it was like next year. six or seven months. Yeah, about seven months. Ooh, so, it's still quite a wait, but I didn't realise that. Yeah, announced. I didn't realise it was summer next yeah, year. It's, it's closer than I thought it was. I knew it was sometime next year. I didn't realise it was summer. So hooray, more Star Trek. And Idris Elba's going to be in oh, it. Idris, I only found that out Idris today. Elba, Apparently yeah. people already knew that, but I didn't. I still don't think I've seen Idris Elba in any film. Have you not seen Pacific, Pacific Rim? Rim? No. <gasps> okay, Gemma, Pacific Gemma, Rim? you need to see Pacific Rim. That's your homework. That has been recommended. I might have to add that to our list. Okay, yeah. Pacific, you will love Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim is, is right up okay. your street. Pacific Rim, like There's the way not even any gays or anything in it. The, the way I would I would pitch Pacific Rim is it's like the cool bits of like when you have like big fighting robots in like anime and stuff. The stuff that makes that cool, but with a lot of like really cool um, scenes of like uh, character development and really nice uh, platonic bonds. And you've got a a male and female lead pair of characters who aren't romantic in the slightest. Oh. And they have an incredibly strong platonic bond that they never feel the need to make in any way romantic or even imply romance to do with. And it's amazing. It's like, it's never like, oh, it's a brotherly, sisterly bond or it's, ah, oh, it's romantic. It's like, no, it's just two very, very, very incredibly close friends that happen to be of opposite genders. I'm like, this is so good. I love this. And oh, all the feelings. I love this. Oh, and so many good performances. It's such a good film. It's got a very sort of Star Trek-y, like, Mm. positive view of the future. You know, where, Mm. like, we're being, obviously, like, attacked by these monsters and whatnot. But the but humanity Yeah, humanity has gone in a very positive direction. Yeah, where, as opposed to, like, all these dystopias where it's, like... Uh, we're all headed somewhere terrible and horrible and everything's going to be really bad. It's like, actually, things are going pretty well. So, yeah. yeah that, we are that's, okay. That's all good. Things are good. Um, yeah, Pacific Rim, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's it's really funny, it's really well written, and there's really cool fighting robots. <laughs> so that's a film worth watching. It's, it's a film that you'll watch it when you eventually get around to it and be kicking yourself that A, you didn't watch it sooner and B, you didn't watch it while it was still in cinemas. Yeah, I, I had that with Django Unchained after yeah. recommend, like furthered the recommendation last week because that was the, rather great. There are certain <laughs> great films that, like, I know there are films I've looked back on in that same vein where it's like, A, why didn't I watch this sooner? And B, why didn't I watch it on a big screen in the cinema? <laughs> Yeah. That's all right. I've got a home projector, so I'll get around that. Fancy. We need one of those. We should get a home projector. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that sounds expensive. Maybe we won't do that. And yeah, maybe not just yet. Let's maybe get, not just let's yet. Let's get our lampshade sorted first. Yeah, lampshade. And then we can get a, a home projector. Um, yeah, you need the lampshade to cover because you have to turn most of the lights off in order to see a projector. Yeah. So, sort out right. the lampshade. With that, now we're going to wrap the episode up because me and Tilly are very sleepy and need to go home and have a sleep. So. Thank you very much for listening, everyone, for this slightly shorter than normal episode. Uh, Hopefully by next episode, uh, we should be back to a bit closer to normal length once we've had some sleep and some time to enjoy like doing some geek stuff this week. Uh, Time to do self-promotion. So Gemma, where can people find you on the Internet? They can find me most places by just following links through my Twitter, which is at RayGunGoth. Lovely. And Tilly, what about you? Uh, you can find me at Gathering Tilly on Twitter. 
Wonderful. And then I am at Laura K. Buzz on pretty much everything. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Laura K. Buzz on Patreon, Laura K. Buzz.com, Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. That's probably the main ones. With that, thank you very much for listening, and we will have another episode for you again tomorrow. Tomorrow? Next week. I am that tired. Time dilation. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.